I'm Molly O'Connor. And I'm Sarah Connell Sanders. And you're listening to Pop It. This is the podcast for popping questions, popping bottles, and pop culture. This week on Pop It, we're at Timberyard Brewing Company in East Brookfield. Timberyard has only been open for one year, but in that short time, the brewery has managed to open a whole new corridor of Central Mass to Worcester's craft beer enthusiasts. Timberyard is more than just a brewery. It's a community gathering place for artists, farmers, and families. It's no surprise that three talented women are hard at work behind the scenes. Katie Ohan Eugen, also known as Katie O'Connor, Kara Germain, and Nellie Zarif, who I grew up with as Nellie Stevens. Perfect. Thank you for having us. Hello. Thanks for having us. We're very excited. As we were driving up, I turned to Sarah and I was thinking of that scene in The Hangover where Zach Galifianakis is like, is this Caesar's actual palace? This isn't, right? He didn't sleep here? Because I was like, is it a real timber yard? And she was like, I think it was. Was it? Yeah, it it was. Yeah, Yeah, it was Howl Lumber. Um, And so this was actually the, basically their showroom. So it was more of like a hardware store in here than an actual lumber yard, but they sold lumber out of here for years, like 30 years. It's a very catchy name, yeah. so it works. Before that, I was in North Brookfield, but there's two warehouses, too, that was just, like, loaded with wood storage, all different types. And we're in East Brookfield, not West. <gasps> oh, no! Thank you. Okay. <laughs> East Brookfield. Heard. I didn't know. Once I passed the, the DQ, I was like... All the, Brook, all the Brookfields yeah. kind of, you yeah. know, it's, yes. it's Brookfield, exactly. the Brookfield area. Like, yeah. We're on the way. I was like, we could stop at Dairy <laughs> well, we don't often make it this far out of Worcester anymore. It's funny to think, um, but we want to tell you a little bit about our podcast, too, and why yeah. we started it. We realized that in Worcester especially, there were, I think it's 22 total talk radio shows and only five with female hosts and most of those shows run for like a half hour one time a week versus the shows that are hosted by men that run every single day and we're like where are all the ladies on the airwaves so we took matters into our own hands (laughs) i wore a jumpsuit to pitch the show it's true i really think that's what did it (laughs) she said she was like my wear your cool girl jumpsuit and i was like which one is that so we are trying our hardest to um, bring women's voices to the airwaves in Worcester, and we are also on iTunes and Spotify. Mm-hmm. And this is the perfect place to do that, because we have the ladies who are in charge here. Yeah, and we love talking to women who work in male-dominated industries especially, and just hearing about your perspectives and giving you um, a chance to let your voice be heard. So I guess the first question is like, give us the lay of the land. How did you end up with a brewery in East Brookfield? I feel like that's Nellie's story. Oh goodness. <laughs> um, so I mean, when we, my husband has always been interested in brewing, um, and we were co-owners of another brewery. And when we decided to part ways, we were looking for a new location. Um, and we found the Howl Lumber site. It's located right off Route 9, and it was incredibly open. Um, of course, when you did go in, it looked like a hardware store. So there were, like, low drop ceilings, and it was <laughs> um, not, you know, most people would walk into that place and say, oh, my goodness. And um, my husband has a really good eye for things and he's very motivated and he instantly walked in and his eyes lit up and he knew exactly what he needed to do to turn this place around so we felt like it was a very good location there's a lot of parking um 
there's uh, a lot of space. We have one of the largest tap rooms in uh, Massachusetts, I believe, and great parking. So, yeah. I just wanted to touch on because you emphasize the parking situation, mm-hmm. which has been or turned or really kind of turned into a more recent problem in the Worcester area. Mm-hmm where we're losing all of this parking near a lot of businesses that I think that an audience that would be interested in a place like this would want to go, breweries and small businesses and those kinds of things. So I think having that as a, it seems like kind of funny and like, I know, but like you can park here, but it's like really a big deal. I want people to just start walking in Worcester. I want to train ourselves. If it's less than a mile, you can Mm, walk there. If it's less than two miles, you can walk. But I will also say as a mother of two and one on the way that parking is a huge deal. So when you're looking to get out with your family and you don't want to like corral all your kids, it makes it it makes a big deal having parking there. Yeah. (laughs) And this place is awesome. Family friendly. Great for kids, too, even though it is a brewery. Congratulations, too. Yeah. That's yeah. exciting. I love this idea recently of a lot of places like breweries becoming a family-friendly place because, like, parents still want to be cool, right? Like, they still want to do cool stuff. How did you – how have you turned Timberyard into a family-friendly location? I guess we always – that was always in our plan. In our business plan, it's it's we're more than a brewery. We want to have a place – um, not necessarily, at first I think we thought it would be more like a kid's area, like here's a kid's section, which we kind of have like this area where there's some games and coloring and stuff, but I mean, every, the last Sunday of every month, John Short comes and does this family time, and there's more kids in the tap room than adults, and people come and they don't know what's happening, and they're kind of like, what's happening here? But they're having fun, so it works for everybody, and um, we, we kind of always say like, even on the late nights when we have a Grateful Dead cover band and a fog machine, and lights we're like if your kids can hang they can hang like it you know we're we're not carting them you know we it's different we don't have like groups of teenagers trying to come in so that would be a different story that we wouldn't allow but if a couple you know people want to come with their kids and watch them and they want to sit there in color while they're having a few beers we're totally down for that awesome and now if we were going to make a day of it and drive out to east brookfield where could i like get a bite to eat and do something along the way or nearby here well, we have a full kitchen, um, so we like to say that you can kind of come here and stay a while. Um, but there's a ton of other breweries in this area. There's Rapscallion. Um, Homefield is a great little place. It's kind of like under this antique store, and they are both a brewery, a kitchen, and they have other people on tap. They're a brew pub, so they can have like other beers on tap as well. Um, Altruist, Treehouse, um, and then Rap, uh, Ragged Hill. They just opened their um, their own tap room, so Ragged Hill Cider. Where is so that? Yeah, they're in Westbrook. Westbrook. You can go, and it's they're this open and yeah, they're yeah. open every weekend or um, through November. Yeah, yeah. Saturday. And they're awesome. Um, it's this woman Anne and her dad, and they have this orchard, and they make cider. And I originally tried it from Hiders and I didn't realize that they were just like this small team in West Brookfield right down the road and now they opened a tap room it's really adorable and we did do one collaboration with them like an apple ale um, that we used their cider from so yeah yeah and we know you've been collaborating also with a lot of artists and farmers. We were wondering about the Syrian refugee art exhibit that you had going on here. Yeah, so I um, I serve on the board of directors for a group called the POLA Center for Social and Economic Development. And we provide a lot of services. Actually, we do some local stuff. 
working with like the local blind community, trying to help get them jobs in the area and job training, um, even just job exposure. And actually we have a brewery tour coming up for a bunch of blind students. But one of the big parts that they do is a lot of international work. So we have programs going on in uh, Jordan, uh, Tajikistan, the DRC, and various other places. The program in Jordan, I was able to visit, which was fantastic. And they primarily are working with Syrian refugees there. And so the program addresses their needs prosthetically. So that was kind of my role there is looking at limb loss, but there was a lot of other injuries that happened, emotional trauma, as well as paralysis and various other things. So the program doesn't just address prosthetics, it does uh, physical rehabilitation and emotional rehabilitation. So that's where the Syrian art comes in. Um, they have the Syrian artwork as emotional therapy. So the artwork that we have, uh, that we had in our tap room is called the Dark to Light uh, exhibit. And basically it uh, shows young kids. These are actually kids who they're working with, um, working with a psychiatrist in Jordan, uh, doing expressive art therapy. And it shows their transition from when they came from Syria. And a lot of these kids are even so emotionally traumatized that they have difficulty speaking and interacting with other people. Um, I saw kids who didn't know how to laugh. Uh, and their transition through the program where they start painting that they actually have like hopes and dreams and they have more futures. So it shows a brighter side of them and how they are developing in the program. Wow, and now you work in prosthetics? Yes, I do. Yeah, so I work in Worcester, um, but I enjoy doing a lot of international stuff. So I'm a part of two nonprofits that do international prosthetic work. It's funny because this community is small, but we had like mutual friends when I was growing up. And I always remember Nellie and being like, this girl lives on a farm and she's like building her own car. You were building a Camaro, <laughs> right? This is true. <laughs> we were like 14 and she's building a Camaro in her barn. And I'm like, oh she has it all together. <laughs> You've always been know about like, that. <laughs> a hands-on kind of person though, huh? Yeah, yeah. And I, I did say that when I found the field of prosthetics, it, it merged my two passions of being able to work with my hands and being able to provide um, patient care and medicine, essentially. Do people talk to you about the future? a lot like do you get a lot of <laughs> no it's a huge storyline do you, you guys ever see that movie with Harrison yeah, Ford wait, oh, where's <laughs> the like, crossover the whole entire thing like is that the guy who like framed him it was all about this oh. like prosthesis that is that a, that's a word right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that he like had gone wrong or something and he didn't want people to know so he changed the there's a whole scene at the end of the movie where he's like you changed the samples it's like insane but I remember you changed the samples I guess I just don't remember there's a that. whole <laughs> thing about prosthetics prosthetics I don't get a lot of fugitive stuff um, <laughs> like Boston bombing victims lots of people oh, yeah. asking about that um, yeah. and I think actually because there's prosthetics has been exposed on Dancing with the Stars it's a little yeah. more normalized it's um, so a lot of people find it yeah. interesting Heather McCartney did it 
it. I, I don't even know who the they house. are. I'm not good at that. So <laughs> I just know because <laughs> I have a lot of patients who come in and they yeah. want like the one that was the press oh, thesis so that was on Dancing with the Stars. Because I know I remember year like a years and years ago, Paul McCartney's ex-wife, Heather Mills, who had a prosthetic leg, was on it. And people were really mad at her, though, because they like hated her for like divorcing him. <laughs> well, I mentioned I know Nellie from high school. I've known Katie since we were in middle school, I think, because Worcester's so small. But I don't know you. Will you tell us a little yes. bit about yourself? Yes. Yeah, so I'm Kara. Um, I grew up in Auburn. I went to school in Worcester, actually, at St. Peter Marion. Um, I was living out west for a while, but moved back here and just started a farm in Brookfield with my partner, Michael. Um, we're leasing land and we're going on about three quarters of an acre. We have a CSA program, we do farmers markets, and we have some wholesale and restaurant accounts. And one of them is Timberyard. The name of the farm. And Free Living Farm. Free Living Farm. And you guys do some farmers markets here? Yes. Kate and I collaborated. And Kara, I was like, this is your project. I don't have time. I want a farmers market. Can you make it happen? She was like, yep. And so we had a farmers market the last Saturday of every month through the summer. Um, and it was awesome. It was mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was great for us. And then, um, you know, she brings in vegetables for our kitchen every week, which is great. And a CSA drop-off is here, and both Nellie and I have a CSA, which is great because we don't have to really leave work to get our vegetables. Yeah, I'm the lucky one in this relationship. You guys <laughs> provide the space. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Are you finding that with your employees a lot? They have some sort of passion, and you're like, all right, great, that's your project. Go yeah, on. all of them, kind of. You know, even, like, Brittany, who's behind the bar today, she loves Halloween like I do, and so I was like, do you want to dress up every Wednesday like Wednesday Adams?" And she's like, yep, all of October. Yes. <laughs> and it made me very excited. Every week, every Wednesday, we watched Halloween movies, and she shaved her eyebrows and wore a Wednesday Addams costume. She's amazing. But it's great. Everyone that kind of has their, like, outside of just Timberyard contribution, which is really cool, and, like, trying to find what that is is a really fun part of my job. Oh, that's great. Well, it's funny. I walked in in the springtime. We came for the first time, and everyone behind the bar was a Doherty High School graduate. And I was like, oh, man, this is a lot of Worcester people out here. I wasn't expecting it. Are you getting a ton of people to come out here from Worcester? So it's interesting because, like, at first, I think when we opened, we were like, okay, what is the town going to think of us? Um, and our very first customers, a lot of them were like, I'll have a rum and coke. And we were like, oh, no, we need to, like, make a sign that says this is a brewery and this is what that means. But, um, like, I feel like we have had a lot, like you said, like, we had a lot of Worcester people in our crew. Um, like, we're all friends and family here. So, like, Ed behind the kitchen and people behind the bar and just, like, pretty much everyone in my life is tip certified just in case. So, like, <laughs> we've kind of, like, made them come out and that's brought people out, like, straighters here tonight. And so just putting on things that get people from Worcester out. And, like, I think that the even the town has really accepted us too and kind of figured out what we are eventually and we didn't other than that first day we really haven't had people like asking for a yingling again so it's nice yeah we were talking about this a little bit on the way here because i feel like this place definitely has as someone who like lives in worcester but like it's like the buzz is there it feels like a cool place to be and it feels like like you see people at least like in art circles 
Yeah. But, but when I walked like, in, beyond. I hadn't planned it, well, but a bunch like, of people I knew were here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey. I think people get stuck, like, doing the same things, and I think it makes a lot of sense to do that. Um, but for me, I had been driving out here since we were building it. So then when it opened, I was like, guys, it's 25 minutes. Like, I've done it 100 times. I've done it twice in one day because I forgot something. So, like, it's, <laughs> it's not like, that And it's literally, it's so easy. <laughs> yeah, like, even if you're, like, downtown, yeah. you just, like, get on Highland Street. Like, right. it's so it's easy. Not, and yeah. if you're in Worcester, you're inevitably hitting at least 15 minutes of traffic. So if you just come to Route 9, you're not really hitting traffic or anything. So it takes me the same amount of time to get from here to Worcester than it does for me to get from Worcester, like outskirts, right to the Worcester Center. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. I always say, I've said this to a couple of people before, like, I've spent some time in Los Angeles and I feel like Worcester is like the LA of New England because you like can't you can't really walk anywhere. Like, you could try. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. But, like, it takes, like, 20 minutes to get most places within city limits. Like, it's right. still, it's, like, it's there's so many things about it that are, like, LA-ish to me. I and know. our food's getting there. So, like. Well, Molly, I don't know <laughs> if you know this, but they are reimagining Main Streets. They're widening the lanes. <laughs> and there's going to be a market. Oh, you mean the public market? No, Lynn's Market. Oh, yes. They're going to, I know it's a food desert right now, and they have currently sold out all of the rental apartments in the central building, and they just announced that they're going to have a local farm to fresh market. Yeah. Now, have you done any like farm to foam action out here, or do any of the beers feature anything you've grown? Yeah, actually. Um, Recently, uh, Matt used um, some of our luxury pie pumpkins and made a pumpkin stout. Um, it was, it was so called Direwolf, yeah. and it didn't last long. But yeah. wait, I have a question about what makes a luxury pie pumpkin. So it's uh, a luxury pie pumpkin. Because <laughs> that was like, hold on, you bur- don't bury the lead here. It's not a regular pumpkin. It's not pumpkin. a regular pumpkin. Um, it's bread for flavor. So most of the food that we grow, we are seeking out um, organic seeds, seed that is been bred for the most favor- flavorful food. And then he, did he use the ginger? Not yet, but um, we also grow ginger and turmeric, and Matt does um, ginger ale on tap here, and so he is going to be using some ginger for that. You yeah, should make like a tea with the ginger and turmeric. Yes, yeah, I, yeah, in the works too potentially. Uh-huh. Maybe yeah. some kombucha in the I future. Do the future. And then the Four Star Farm collaboration too. Uh-huh. We did a wet hop IPA with Four Star Farm out of Northfields, right? Yeah, and. Um, we also had the Ragged Hill collaboration as well. So trying to get some local stuff in the beer as well. Nice. Oh, we work, well, Molly worked at Armsby Abbey. I mean, wait. I, 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 I worked at Armsby <laughs> Abbey and Molly works there now. I feel like she, we tagged It's in a revolving out. door. Like our, all of our <laughs> friends, look, and then we have another friend who like did work there and is coming back. But it's a whole thing. At any rate. Yeah, everyone in Worcester that we know at some point did a stint there. But they bring you on these trips to different farms. And we went out to Four Star and Liz gave us this big tour. And it was, like, so gorgeous and beautiful. She's awesome, yeah. And she was working with so many people. She had built all these relationships. And then there was a point where at Armsby you could eat pasta that was like grain from four star and drink beer that included hops from four star and it just felt like everything was coming full circle that's awesome it feels like you guys have the dream job to work at a brewery but i bet there's parts that are not so desirable what are some of the things that are more challenging than meets the eye and then things that you love um it is totally a dream job to work at the brewery it's really hard to think of something that is not i guess like 
you know, everything that we do is kind of like throwing a party. So for that reason, it's super fun. Um, and I often joke that like I, that I kind of started doing this when I stopped planning my wedding. So it was kind of like I never stopped, like just planning the, okay, like it's Halloween, let's get a DJ and let's decorate and stuff. But um, I guess the hardest part is really just making sure to separate um, work even though you love work it's important to not work and I know that Nellie's husband and I both struggle with that because we would like never leave if if people let us um so I like schedule myself I literally schedule myself like you are going to sit and watch Better Call Saul for three hours while you knit <laughs> like I am like I'm not gonna open my email on my days off and that sort of thing um just because I do love it so much but you have to like step back sometimes you know I don't know for you <laughs> Matt's always yeah here. <laughs> yeah um, I know I, I feel like it's it's uh, you know I grew up in a farming family and the brewing industry is very similar so I feel like it was an easy tra- transition for me um, because brewing and and owning and running a brewery is more of a lifestyle than a job per se because your hours are very fluid and uh, I would say like nonstop <laughs> until you force yourself to take that break. Um, I've experienced times where I feel like, okay, we got to get away. You know, like we have a lot of date nights and we just like come here, we'll get a sitter and we'll just come to the brewery and <laughs> drink and hang out only. I don't drink now. Um, uh, so it's nice to have the option that you can come and enjoy a place that you've built together, but also um, making sure that, yeah, you do create that time for space. And this is like, this is my getaway. Yeah. Really. Like I come to work, but it's kind of like there's live music every night, you know, I'm pouring beer. <laughs> it's really just fun for me. Do you ever get bothered by the yeast smell? Never. Oh, no. No. <laughs> See? So, like, I live right behind Wormtown now, and every once in a while, it's usually, like, really great, and then every once in a while, it's like, it, it'll be, like, so much. Well, they <laughs> like are heavy on distribution. Right. Mm. So, we are, Matt, Nellie's husband, is our yeah. only brewer. So, uh, he brewed today, but then he'll brew, like, in a couple of days, where I'm sure Wormtown, they're brewing steady. constant, yes. all the time, multiple kegs. We're just, like, we're yeah. making a batch today. And it's, like, yeah. It's so fun to live behind them, and then every once in a while, like, it's better now because we don't have the windows open, but, like, every few days, we, I would be like, I have to, I can't be so here. in a fog. It's, it's too yeasty. That was it. It was very funny. It's more I, of, like, an exciting thing, I feel like. Yeah, it's like, like oh, I came into work today, and I'm like, oh, Brune. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. I that makes sense. to Redemption Rock in Worcester. Yeah. And they only brew a few days uh-huh. a week. And it when must be the you're like, ooh, they must be doing something. Yeah, yeah they're pretty similar to us, I feel like, in tank space. I'm not exactly sure, but I I, I have a feeling. It must be a volume thing. It's still a pleasant, it's still <laughs> pleasant to live behind them. We do like to hear their music. But, yeah, it's funny because <laughs> that would be the one thing. Because when we, Sarah was like, we were, I was thinking about like what could be negative, and I was like, oh. That can get really tough. Like <laughs> I bet you don't even smell it anymore after. No, a while. like I don't notice. But like right when we first moved in, it was the summer too. So yeah. it was like on humid days, we'd be like, "This is like it's just smells like." See, when we wet, come in, it's like, more like every couple of days you'll come and you'll be like, yeah. "Oh, brew went well today." Because yeah. if, if it doesn't smell like that and yeah. you know it's a brew day, it means something. That makes sense. <laughs> I get it. I've been trying to avoid the question like, as a woman. How is it to, you know, but I am curious, you are women working in an industry that is filled with men. How is it that you assert yourself and establish yourself and make yourself a part of this brewery? Um, It was pretty easy from the beginning being that, like, Matt's the brewer. If 
we don't have anyone else brewing, but Nelly is definitely a huge part of the brewery too. Um, and then our brew team was equal parts like men and women when we were like our leadership team as we were building this place. And then we have about 50-50, if not more women on our team. Um, like our kitchen right now, we have we just brought a woman in. Um, so we have, it kind of equal, which is great. And then um, I joined Pink Boots, which is right before we opened, which is this, um, it's all women in the industry. So I kind of joined it thinking, oh, I'm going to meet a bunch of people that are beer servers, bartenders, taproom managers too. And then I can like bounce ideas off of them. But I also just found that there were so many people that were head brewers or worked in the science lab and like doing all these jobs that I didn't even know existed, never mind for women, which is just really awesome. So I feel like it's really changed since we got in the game, I guess. And um, I don't really feel like we ever feel like it's male dominated. It's pretty equal here. I know Nellie has to go soon, so I just wanted to ask you one more question, but I still remember Instagram is a weird place, and like seeing, it must have been your bachelorette, and Katie was posting a picture of you, and I was like, is that Nellie Stevens on Katie O'Connor's Instagram? (laughs) This is so weird, worlds colliding, because I knew you from summer camp, and I knew you from high school. How on earth did they meet? How did you meet? So my brother and her now husband have been friends since middle school. And so, and I always really got along with Matt. Um, and then when he started dating Nellie, there's a picture of us from like the second time we hung out and we're just dancing to David Byrne together. So we were like instant friends. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kate's brother, TJ, is one of the co-owners of Timberyard. So yeah. Those guys go way back. Yeah. Gotcha. It's a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. We're, we say we're friends and family owned and operated because it's just like a big group of us. We're all like know each other from either neighborhood or growing up or siblings or, you know, in some way we're all kind of related. Katie, are we related? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I had this conversation. We had a powwow artist, um, Croc. Mm-hmm. whose real last name is O'Connor. <laughs> also, I won't, like, reveal his true identity. <laughs> and it was funny because I was talking to him one day because, um, like, my family are, like, Worcester O'Connors. And he was like, yeah, because I was like, well, where did you, where's your family, like, from? Like, where did they grow up? And he was like, you know, like, Salisbury Street. And I said, oh, no, <laughs> my my family were the very poor O'Connors. My <laughs> family, my dad's side grew up in the projects. So yeah, like, the opposite of Salisbury Yeah, mine Street. were, like, 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 South, like south side like mm-hmm. where there's not even stuff anymore it's like Culpepper's Bakery gotcha like yeah. that and I was like I was like we are not related I'm gonna make you guys do a 23 and me before we, we should leave. I feel Tonight, like right now there's a lot of hair. there's a lot of like um my one of my aunts did a ton of the whole family map and sort of thing so but my dad is one of uh, like seven kids my mom's one yeah. of eight so like there's a lot of, um, I have a cousin I'm in like sure every room somewhere. right <laughs> in like, every room oh yeah that was my grandfather like he's the youngest of like six or seven yeah it's crazy um and something that's interesting about his family is that they did make alcohol during prohibition yeah. oh. so like he was popular <laughs> yeah I think it was because he wanted to drink it like my grandfather's like grandfather mm-hmm. but so maybe it's like it's in, in your blood. blood yeah Probably, yeah. Well, we talk about professional culture here. We talk about local culture, and we also talk pop culture. So I have a few pop culture questions. Me too. And again, if you have to go to your board meeting, feel free. It's okay. I will explain anything that you need explained. 
That's yeah. what I use oh, Molly for most of the time. Goodbye. Wait a minute. We it was also, really nice to see you. We need <laughs> to talk about something really important that I feel like we should get the scoop on so that no one else can. And oh, let's do it. It's what? the owls. Oh, the owls. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we went to the dad one night and Ricky showed us like your stories all in a row. We were like, oh my God. It was like we were watching a thriller I, unfold. I've shown many people like gone back to the beginning of the I stories. feel like Ricky is the owl's biggest fan, which is amazing yeah. because then he moved onto my street. Do you know that? That is so, like, crazy. So he was just like, he's he was constantly messaging me about the owls, asking questions, looking for <laughs> updates. And then he's like, so now I'm driving down the street to my new apartment and I look to my right and I see the owls. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wish I could like be in the car and see that reaction. He didn't realize he was moving to my street. We're we talking love about a Worcester mystery. Yes. But can you give us like the elevator pitch? Yes. Well, Rick. So, well, I just want to say we are we are talking about Seltzer Times, Ricky Nelson. To be clear, yes. When we yes. say Ricky, oh, because there's um, another Ricky very popular right now. Well, oh yeah, but also just like Seltzer Time is our friends. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but Ricky Duran, Ricky Duran is, on, is the voice. on the voice. <laughs> Um, but Ricky Nelson brought this to our yes. attention. Can you tell us what the mystery is? So really what happened is one day I noticed that there was a little owl across the street in this abandoned house. And I was skeptical because last year at this time our house was broken into and then it was broken. We got cameras and then it was broken into again. And we caught the guy because we saw him on the cameras. So like sponsored by Nescam someday, hopefully. <laughs> but so then I, I, I had Marcus go investigate because I was just really creeped out for like a week this little owl was on this step and no one's lived in the house for 10 years and I grew up in this house so I that the family who lived there died a long time ago and there's no next of kin it's just like this big eyesore creepy old house so Marcus goes over and looks and we're like it's not a bomb I don't think and it's not a camera it just seems weird whatever we go inside and a few hours later it's gone and so we're just like somebody saw us touch the owl it means something um and then so we moved our nest cam and got very obsessed with it i posted it to instagram and lots of people i didn't know followed me started asking me all this stuff about it and it became really funny but then basically these neighbors of ours started like moving the owl but i think like on each other so like the older brother would come home from school move the owl so that the younger sisters would come home and freak out but then we were also moving the owl and then i think he was like freaking out so and then I learned Ricky lived on my street, so I put seltzer on, on the steps. <laughs> to be clear, these are like the neighbors are teens, right? They're it's, teens. It's yeah. like it's turned into like a, a little bit of a teen thing. It seems. Well, now I feel like I'm just helping them have some neighborhood fun, and I can't stop. <laughs> it, so the whole thing reminds me of like a like a fake documentary, like an American Vandal or like a like a Blair Witch Project like type of thing, where like it, but it's real. Well, like, it is and it isn't. Like, it is and it isn't. There's artifice like, to it. I don't think that they put the owl there in the first place. And I think that that's the biggest mystery. But also, it like, is it really a mystery? Or did someone just, like, walk by and put an owl on the steps and mean nothing by it? But why it, would they do can that? Can we just pause to say, too, because when Ricky told us the story, the whole time I thought he meant, like, a taxidermy owl. But <laughs> they're like, no, it's a ceramic owl. Ceramic owl yeah. figurines. And now there's a whole bunch of them. Oh, yeah. Because... So I was always into owls because I really liked the show Twin Peaks. So yes. people like give me owl things every year. Like when I was a nanny, people would like, here's an owl mug. So I, one day I was just like cleaning out my chi china closet and I just started like putting owls out at midnight on the steps. And as you do. As you do. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and then Marcus Bono. would watch the kids in the morning freak out about it. And this has been our lives. Yeah. <laughs> 
but that's like that's my favorite part of it is like and it's because like because there's so much footage of it that comes from the nest cam that gives it that extra like paranormal activity vibe. Mm-hmm. Like I think that we could make like a we could make like a low budget Hulu documentary about this oh, and for people sure. would watch it. I was considering oh, submitting it. it to Worcester Film Wars, yes. just my Instagram story unedited. Absolutely. It is like that was when like I binge watched it. Like as if it was my like favorite. as if it was like the Great British Baking show. My favorite one is actually so I had been talking to my parents about it and my dad is a very like silly person as am I and we were joking about it one day and then one day I get a nest cam alert so of course I'm like oh my god he's at it again whoever's moving the owls before we knew anything and my dad is just like going through the backyard like looking for squatters and I was like dad what are you doing over here and he's just, like a super cop yeah exactly so like he <laughs> so was just kind of like checking out the area which was really funny because at first I was worried that there were squatters like yeah. looking at my yeah. house which is a little bit paranoid but also like it had happened before so you got wrong Oh, really right. scary, yeah. So, uh, well, yeah, we're all in. We will watch the Hulu documentary. Yeah. Uh, oh, something well, and the Netflix documentary because it's going to be like Firefest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please do keep us posted. What is your Instagram handle? At Katie Ohad, and it is private, but I do accept people who seem like they're into the owls. Perfect. Well, something else that is not quite as eerie, but reminded me of like an insider Worcester thing where you're like, who has done this? Um, Redemption Rock did a dog calendar and they got like a ton of entries. So you have to vote for your top 10 or top 12, I would say, for the calendar. Can I give a shout out to my favorite entry, Olive? Yes. That's the Skrzyk dog. Olive Doodle Bear. I voted for Olive. Olive is the best. their own dogs or did they have a photo shoot at Redemption Yeah, they posted pictures but the dogs are all at Redemption Rock in the pictures. So there's one dog who has campaign posters now hung up all around Shrewsbury Street like on the street but also in other bars and I just thought that that was so clever and I'm like whoever did this I love you so much. Does the dog have an app? Oh, I'll have to figure. Do they that have out. an Instagram page? I'll put it on the link when we post yes, this. I'll we love out to. Who it is. We love to follow dogs. But I love when people go Instagram. all in on weirdo pranks. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. Like you should be campaigning for your dog to be like a local calendar star for sure. Which reminds me too of my first pop culture item. Um, Looking for Alaska, which is a very prank heavy John Green novel, has been turned into a beautiful television series. Produced and written by the same people. Josh Schwartz. Who did the OC and Heart of Dixie. Her personal. And Gossip Girl. You so, keep forgetting Gossip Girl. It's the most important one. I just, I really enjoyed it. I watched the whole thing on a Friday night instead of going out. I was like, Jake, I can't. I just, we have to watch this. Well, let's be clear. So Sarah spent eight years? How many? As a eighth grade English teacher. Yes. Yeah. Eight. So it would, I would be like the... Ollivander of books, and if I could find you like the book that made you love reading, that was the highlight of my life. Mm-hmm. So that's like one of those books I think for a lot of kids. I remember being in high school. Do you guys? You we were probably a little bit older, but people were like really, really into that book when I was in like tenth grade. Yeah, so it's set in two thousand five when Katie and I graduated. Mm-hmm. When did you graduate from SPM? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, nice. So you're not too far behind. Um, but all the music is from two thousand five, and that's also like really nostalgic. But um, the toughest part for me, the only thing I didn't love, and I love um, Timothy Simons from Veep. 
Oh, God, Jonah? Jonad? Jonah plays the principal. The Jolly Green Douchebag. Yes, and I love him in V. He plays the principal? But he, like, yeah, it, he's just, he's not how I pictured this really hard-o principal that's no. in the book. But is that because, like, on Veep, he's constantly, like, emasculated and embarrassed? Yes. I wonder if someone who hadn't watched Veep would have the same... Well, he's playing Jonah, basically. And, like, he plays it off the same way, but he's supposed to be the principal. And it's funny, but it's just, you know, when you love a book. quite right. Yeah. That's funny. So I recommend that for sure. Um, I also wanted to ask you guys if you have heard about Kanye's new album. I've heard about it. I haven't listened to it. I haven't either. Um, I have not, I and I'm the worst at all sad. of that. <laughs> I I I love Kanye like to the point where like I have like a beanie that says Yeezy on it. Like I like deep in my soul, and it's I'm at the point now where like I I like have avoided it because it's like I don't want it to like depress me. Well, it's only 27 minutes. I know you said that's a theme though. I don't know if it's a theme, but I know, like, I mean, Yeezus isn't, like, the album Yeezus isn't terribly short, but it's, like, shorter than, Mm -hmm. like, a lot. Like, he kind of, like, he'll make an album that has, like, 24 songs, and half of them are, like, weird interludes, like, late registration. And then he'll do, like, Yeezus, which is just, like, 13 tracks, if that, and then it's just, like, quick cuts. Like, everything's, Mm -hmm. like, two and a half to three and a half minutes long. So it could be, I don't know. It's Christian music. He rushed it out. It is, yeah. And I was thinking, I'm like, oh my God, Kris Jenner is such a brilliant, like, (laughs) marketing guru. She's a a top-notch businesswoman, and she realized what a big market Christian music is, and she's like, Kanye, you're our guy. But it just seems really contradictory compared to some of the other work he's done. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like he is in some sort of mental health crisis, and I feel really weird, like, supporting this sort of exploitation of that, you know? I feel that way, too. I read this really good – that actually reminded me of this tweet, though, because then I was like, well, wait. Obviously something else going on, but he's not, like – he's not, like, stupid. Like, he knows – Yeah. I think he also is, like – he loves publicity stunts, and he loves – yeah. Like, he knows about that. And I read this really interesting tweet that said, I wish Kanye West hadn't become such a weird MAGA doofus. <laughs> because making an album about your faith in a fiercely secular culture is, like, rebellious and cool. For sure. And yeah. I was like, that is a good point. Like, no like no one talks about that. Or, like, if people are, like, super Christian. Like, I think, like, Chris Pratt, like, had got in trouble for, like, going to that church. That, like, the Hillsong church. Because mm-hmm. they were like, oh, my God. Like anti-gay, He's a Jesus guy. Right. Oh, I didn't know that. That was part of it, and that's like a more valid argument. But I think, like, in a larger scale of like being someone who's in the public eye for being like non-secular, it can It is like an interesting like move to make the pup. I'm, I'm making puppet <laughs> puppet <laughs> motions with my hands. Chris I Jenner or Kim or whoever. Right. Else. Well, I also heard that like he doesn't allow people to swear near him, and I'm just like, that's not huh. that something's wrong. Right. Like yes. What's that's what's the what's that a greater that goes, symptom of? That goes beyond religion. Right. That's a control. Yeah. That's a yeah. control issue. Well, yeah. The album is called Jesus is King. He came out with um, what's the one in the planetarium? Sorry, a movie, an IMAX movie of the same <laughs> name. And he's charging people, I don't know what they cost, like seventeen seventy five yeah, or whatever to go. And it's also only like 20 minutes. And he only appears in the last five or so minutes of it. It just feels like he's got you in a bind where yeah. like he yeah. manipulated yeah. people. Yeah. I like up to a point in time, I was still like a believer because that was like, like he knows what those, he's doing. No, in those first like like six albums, 
were like very important to me in my life and I was like no like it's gonna be okay like he's got his up and down like ups and downs and like and I keep thinking it's gonna like it keeps going farther and farther off the rails and I keep thinking like go back like it'll work Mm -hmm. and it's not and it's just like really sad (laughs) it is sad yeah I have one last would you rather to leave you with and I hope it raises your spirits Molly (laughs) Felicity Huffman, she is on Desperate Housewives, and she's been a part of that oh, Varsity we don't know Blues. Any of these okay, so she <laughs> she just got indicted because she paid the SAT proctor to change gotcha. her kid's yes, score. She's yeah, a movie yeah, star, yeah. and she really wanted to get her kid into a great college. So she decided she was going to serve the jail time. It was only fourteen days. I think she only served thirteen. Too. Yeah, they let her out early. Good behavior, you know. But she was allowed to wear her sneakers, her tennis shoes, which is a huge no-no in the, the prison system. But they gave her this special exception. Um, and she was allowed also to have visitors almost immediately, which usually takes months. But she was only there for 14 days. So, like, the next day they started letting her have visitors come in. Her husband, William H. Macy. So I'm curious. One of my favorite people. Would you rather have to navigate prison barefoot, no shoes at all, or socks, for 14 days, or would you rather go the 14 days without being allowed to have any guests? Oh, 14 days alone, for sure. Yeah. Barefoot bandit over here. <laughs> Always really? barefoot. I think I could do, I think, like, I could be away from the people. Oh, it dep- it oh actually, on what no. You did, I guess. Because I, I love know. being barefoot. It depends on what's on the floor. I love being barefoot, too, I love but being barefoot. in a jail. But in exactly. a prison? Yeah. 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 Oh, but that know. time outside, and if you get time outside, yeah, in the grass, no like yeah. walking yeah, around. I mean, it's so heavily monitored. <laughs> like it can't be the floor can't be that bad, right? Like, could I see my mom when I go to jail? All right. Yeah, I'm gonna go shoeless. Right? It's like a hard one though. Mm-hmm. That's a really good one. I feel like two weeks is not that long, and I could just like hang out by it's myself like a, for two weeks. Yeah. yeah, I just read a lot of books. Yeah, like read a ton of books yeah. and just hang out. I think at some point I'd break down and be like, I just miss my husband. <laughs> Where's Molly? And we Jake have to would do be like puppet. banging on the door, like, Sarah. It'd be like in the graduate, like, um, Do you have a would you rather? Yeah, it's a Halloween theme. So, first of all, I want to talk about the straw that Katie's drinking with right now because it's literally, it's a white paper straw that's like splattered with like blood splats. And it reminded me of what I wanted to ask about, which is, um, have you guys seen Scream? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And do you remember, like, I know what you did last summer? Mm-hmm. Like, so who would you rather be murdered by? Like, Ghostface from Scream or the mystery killer from I Know What You Did Last Summer? Well, I spent a lot of my time, like, typing and memorizing the whole beginning scene of Scream when I was younger with my friend Stephanie Orsi. Shout because out. it's a masterpiece. Yes. <laughs> I've been running with her. Oh. That's awesome. So we were like, you know, we were gymnastics friends and this was like, you know, you hang out in the basement, have a slumber party, watch horror movies till four in the morning, like early 2000s, like late 90s. And for some reason, I was like, I'm going to type all of this on a typewriter. I had a computer. <laughs> a typewriter. <laughs> and I was like, hello, hello. Yeah, Who yeah. is this? Who are you trying to reach? What number is this? What number are you trying to reach? Like, typing the whole. I was, like, I'm, I was like, I'm going to type the whole script. Didn't make it that far. Only made it to the first kill. But, like, I feel like that's got to be That's me. the biggest kill. That's who I am, yeah. And someday you're going to find more. that or someone else's. And they'll be yeah. like, oh, my God. <laughs> Here's the script that I can find very easily on the internet. Yeah. But here's a typed version of it. No, I would be freaked out. <laughs> I'm a yeah. huge Sarah Michelle Gellar fan. I grew up watching Buffy. 
obsessed and I would go with verbatim that was my answer I think that I would have to do I think well Scream is like is my favorite horror movie but I also just think that like at least if you get killed by Ghostface like it's probably gonna be funny yeah, it's true. You know, right? Like, yeah. it's going to be funny. Thank you so much for opening up our eyes to this new spot because really, like, I don't know, it's not too often I come out to East Brookfield right. on a Wednesday. And it really isn't far. And it's beautiful drive. It's very easy Take to get here. nine home. Just go Right, that's down. what we did. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what we did. So straight. And then we can go so to Dairy easy. Queen. And there's a Dairy Queen. <laughs> but um, we appreciate all that you're doing yes. and you're making Central Mass a bigger, better place. And we love that. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having us. (laughs) I have been Sarah. I've been Molly. And this is Pop It. Pop It. Have you signed up for this year's Veterans Inc. Run for Veterans 5K on November 2nd? They're expecting more participants than ever before. The race starts at 10 a.m. on Franklin Street with an after party to follow at the Beer Garden. 